0: Welcome to Uncontained, episode 59. I'm your host, Aaron Static-Render. On the show today, we have stand-up comedian John Porter. Yes, he's a very funny dude. Uh, If you're easily offended, well... Maybe he's the guy you need to talk to. Yes, um, give you a little bit thicker skin. He's not afraid to offend anybody. And, uh, well, I think he actually kind of takes pride in it, but does it in a very creative way. Does not quite just put out an offensive joke for you. He makes you kind of unwrap the layers of it to find what offends you at the core of it. It's kind of artful if you ask me. You will hear a couple times in this show that we refer to recording this a second time. That's because uh, Skype and Pamela, uh, the recording program I use, decided to, uh, after recording almost the whole episode literally down to the final question put out an error saying corrupt file and yeah a whole hour a whole conversation done we did it again though and yes we're professionals damn it But we had a good conversation even the second time around. But hey, we had a good two-hour conversation and I'm looking forward to sharing the part of it that actually recorded with you. So you have that coming your way and you know you can always support the show by clicking on that Amazon link at the top of the page of my website. I won't keep you waiting any longer. Yes, this is episode 59 with John Porter. How are you doing today, John? Welcome to Uncontained.
1: Hey, thanks for having me, Aaron.
0: Yeah, man,
2: thanks for uh, coming on and uh, talking with me today. Uh, Just so my listeners are a little bit more familiar with you, um, I know you've been doing stand-up for about two and a half to two and three quarters years, as we discussed earlier, but uh, would you like to talk to them about how you got into doing stand-up and maybe throw in a little bit more about yourself?
1: Well, uh, how I specifically in into stand-up? Um, it's a long story. Uh, I tried a lot of different jobs uh, in my younger years. And, um, you know, I, I always wanted to try getting into stand-up comedy. Um, so eventually I was just like, yeah, why not? So I moved up to Reno, of all places. And uh, I looked up a mic and I decided to uh, go out and hit it. At Third Street Bar in Reno
2: was my first set. Does Reno have a good comedy scene? Reno has a strong
1: comedy scene. A lot of people don't say it does, like, or they just don't know about it. Um, but yeah, there's some talented people up there. Obviously, it's a smaller uh, market, so you're going to get less comedians. But there's still a lot of talent up there.
2: Uh, All right, because natu- I don't naturally think uh, comedy and Reno. I think the biggest little city in the world or something like that, but... You know uh it's cool to hear that they have a thriving scene there how's yeah. that uh how'd that first show go um, I bombed <laughs> <I bumped. laughs>
1: my first set Well, uh, you know i it comedy is a hard thing to do, obviously I mean you've been done stand up yeah. and sport uh, yes, I mean, how was your first set
2: my first set wasn't your average first set, all right? Um, I had been doing uh, stand-up com, I mean, I'd been doing radio for probably about six years and making fun of bands on air and stuff like that, and uh, I kind of took my jokes that I did on the radio and moved them over to stage and put them in a way that... You know, since the FCC didn't care, doesn't regulate what happens on the stage, I could say them how I wanted to. But my first show was in front of like 200 people who kind of already knew who I was, but. um, Ah. And plus promoted it on the radio. So, you know, it's not your average first open mic that you hit. It was an actual show put on with like. Uh, this comedian in the area gave me a chance. His name's Don Trenagel. He heard me at a bar doing, uh, like, I really don't like karaoke. So I had to make my own game about it. Because in Iowa, there's karaoke everywhere. Are you from Iowa? I am from Iowa. Okay. Yes. And I did karaoke as Christopher Walken and Arnold Schwarzenegger singing songs like uh, Radiohead Creep or something like that. And I was doing impersonations of them, like as the song was going on, to make the make karaoke interesting for me, you know. And he heard that, thought it was hilarious, and uh, mentioned that he had a show going on if I wanted to try stand up because somebody had told him that I did. He gave me a shot, and that's where I got my start.
1: So you already had a, a presence, would you say?
2: I had it- I had a little presence in the Cedar Rapids area and I'd been on stage multiple times before, um, introducing bands at concerts or something like that. So I didn't have the fear of the crowd, like, you know, get on stage, like, Oh my God, there's so many people out there. I'm scared. I've been on stage when there's like, um, about maybe a hundred thousand people out there at a big concert in the summer nice. you know, outdoor event. But my main thing getting on stage, was, I've told all these jokes on the radio. I have, you get no response on the radio except for bumping into somebody, like, at a bar afterwards when they're like, oh, dude, I heard you on the radio, that bit you did was funny, or that bit you did was really stupid. Uh, (laughs) My my thing was doing it live in front of people, like, is this shit that I say funny, you know? And that's when you really have to really got to find it out mm-hmm. yeah but that instant response and it went really well actually so for a first time on stage i look back at it watch the video and it's kind of painful but because i am just pacing back and forth back and forth and uh some of the jokes it's like okay yeah i'm glad i moved on from that <laughs>
1: Oh, I I was gonna say uh, to like new comics. Um, you said your uh, set was uh, unique, um, and that's because you didn't have any fear of the crowd. Fear of a crowd is a big thing for new comics. Uh, a lot of people get stage fright and stuff like that, and uh, you kind of have to work through it. But it sounds like sounds like you uh, already kind of have uh, some stage presence.
2: Yeah, I like I've I've been on stage like introducing like bands and stuff since college. Like put on, I went to college in Northwest Iowa at this college called Buena Vista, and we put on this uh, show we called Edge Fetch so the college radio station was called the Edge, mm. and um, that was really probably my first time really on stage in front of a a massive amount of people saying like introducing bands and stuff like that so that's kind of where i got my start first time on radio i was nervous i was like oh yeah um um um, uh yeah uh i luckily i had a co-host the first couple shows i was kind of like oh my god i can't believe i'm talking to people live
1: yeah see that would be hard like uh because as a comedian i i rely on like audience feedback uh it, you doing radio shows you're just throwing jokes out into space and hope they land
2: so yeah it's it is different but uh so how did your first show go i don't know did you get any stage fright well um yeah
1: i obviously i obviously did have some stage fright uh i tend to be kind of impulsive so i was just like let's let's try this and uh i went up and i did my three minutes or whatever and i bombed (laughs) (laughs) i totally bombed and i was like all right yeah that's so good all right cool and um you know i just kept doing it and eventually i i got uh pretty good pretty fast and so i started doing road gigs um within about six months so
2: what helped you get comfortable on stage
1: well i think I think uh I have a certain personality for it um because i don't uh I don't feel like there's people out there anymore when i when I go on stage I mean a lot of times you don't even see the audience because you're getting blasted with a spotlight, and Very so true. yeah you know it's kind of like over the radio only you hear laughter back so <laughs> I, what Hopefully. made me what made me comfortable on stage was practice, but you know, a lot of it was natural as well. But if if you want to try to get into comedy, just, just get out there, get in front of uh you know, audiences and
2: some of them will hate you, but whatever. <laughs> but you have to find fun in that too. You, you yeah, know? And, yeah.
1: Like and, like I said ahead. before, um, you know, I'd rather you know,
2: have a set that bombed
1: than not have a set at all, you know? So I'd rather do that a million times, so...
2: And I would rather have, like, either a set where, you know, you know the crowd loved you or you know the crowd hated you instead of just, like, no real reaction. And getting a reaction is better than getting no reaction to go with your set versus no set.
1: As long as they're, you know, paying attention to you, regardless if they like what you're saying or not, uh, that's the important part, is they actually pay attention to you. Because if not, if you bore people, they're going to start to talk and it's just off the rails by then. Crowd control is really important. It's like, pretty much specifically what comedians do, is just crowd control. Because we, uh... You know, we tell the same jokes every set, right? And it's not so much about reciting what we have, but more of how can I make this joke apply to this audience? And, you know, what timing should I use? Should I use the joke at all? Um, Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's really, you know, trying to mold your set to the audience because that's what you're playing for. You're playing for that audience that night.
2: And plus, like with people listening being like, well, why do you tell the same joke every night? It's not necessarily that you're telling the exact same joke. You may be like, I told this joke last night and this part didn't work, but I'm going to try this part in there and exchange them to try to polish that joke up. So it would be ready for, you know, uh, for if you have like a feature spot or a headlining spot. Mm-hmm. You know you want to, you want to make your material as good as possible, and the best way to hone it, you can correct me if I'm wrong is while you are on stage
1: uh yeah, absolutely um like I was saying uh in that last
2: uh broadcast that didn't
1: work uh that want to try to get into comedy, I've known some comics comics uh that uh, want to try it and they just start writing jokes down in a notebook. And they uh, do that for years, and they just have a huge notebook, but they never get on stage. And so in my eyes, they don't have any jokes. They just have a notebook full of things that they think are funny. Jokes have to be uh, tuned and refined in front of audiences, uh, and that's where you get your best material. I mean, you get basic ideas laying on the couch or you know, playing video games or whatever you happen to do but the real jokes are made on stage, so stage time is paramount.
2: Yes, yes, and as you referred to when you started talking about this, this is the second recording of this yeah. interview. <laughs> we uh, actually recorded it and my recording software, uh, put out a corrupt file. We got all the way down to the last question all of the, the show, <laughs> and I get this error screen pop up on my on my computer, Being like, Pamela has uh, crashed, and uh, yeah, I was like, oh my god, I hope that at least some of it was salvageable, wow, learn to speak, you jackass, Uh, (laughs) but uh, some of it was salvageable, but no, it was a corrupt file, there was no audio on it, so, you know, like you said, jokes are refined on stage, this podcast is refined by doing it a second time. Yeah, we're just practicing. We, yes, we had, yes, we we had a practice run. We had it was a dry podcast run, podcast rehearsal, and uh, <laughs> now
1: and now we're ready to go. We got rid of all the, uh,
2: yeah. <laughs> so if this sounds rehearsed, well, it is.
1: Yeah, you know, yeah,
2: but and not. We're doing
1: an awesome. We're doing a kick-ass
2: job for sure. <laughs> yeah, you record a podcast back to back. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Thanks, time.
2: Right. <laughs> yes, yes. So, okay, you've bombed your first time on stage. What yep. was it that uh, kept you going? What was it that kept you, not, that was it like, you know, I bombed, but that's okay. I know I have something to say.
1: Right. Well, um, you know, even though I got up on stage and, you know, I bombed, and you know, it was. I still had an adrenaline rush from it. You know, getting on stage is is the exciting part, right? So yeah. I I wanted to try that again. And also, um, you know, I didn't really prepare for my ver- first set very much. I didn't really have anything going on. But uh, you know, I got up the next week and it was a little bit better. And the next week and it was a little bit better. And, uh, you know, now I'm doing gigs, uh, you know, across the state, out of state. So, you know, just got to keep at it.
2: <laughs> yeah, man. So how long would you say it was until you got, uh, in your mind, at that time, considering yourself good?
1: Oh, uh, uh, <laughs> do I consider myself good? I'm not sure. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, you know... There's a certain type of mentality you have to carry, uh, like a certain type of brain for comedy you have to have. Uh, So, like, some people, you know, will pick up a guitar and just start playing it right away. And, you know, if you're good at stuff like that, then you'll probably have, you know, a good time doing comedy. It's uh, artistic based left brain, right brain. Is that still a thing? You yeah, know. I
2: think the left brain is the uh, creative side or something like that. I don't know. But, yeah, because a little left of center, uh, that's like saying they're they're on the creative side.
1: On the creative – that means crazy, but <laughs> that yeah, too. Yeah. If you're crazy, get into comedy because –
0: Just you know, harness that well, <laughs> craziness a little bit yeah, to make it into
1: craziness. joke form. No, I've seen some comics – that were like legitimately fresh out of the nut house, and uh, like this one comic—I'm not going to name names, obviously—but uh, he just stood up there and hummed for five minutes, like didn't say anything. And so that's the kind of crazy that you probably shouldn't do.
2: Comedy laughs. No. Did,
1: okay, no. I wonder if it was like an
2: Andy Kaufman type thing. No, it was he no like... Andy
1: Kaufman. He, the dude was legit crazy. And he was okay. just like, huh? I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> People have jokes. They're trying to.
2: <laughs> okay, because back home, like back in Iowa, I met this comedian who actually did a good amount of stuff out in LA. And he was on The Man Show as one of. One of the featured guys, uh, his name's Bruce J. He is missing a leg, like, from the knee down, and he'd crawl across the stage singing Like a Virgin by Madonna. Um, okay. And, like, or he would do this one thing where he ke- keeps on repeating something, whatever the phrase may be, until the crowd gives in, the dedication to it. He sticks with it until it is funny, which... I don't know how he does it, but multiple times he's just the crowd's been like, What the hell's going on? What the hell's going on? And then they're like, Okay, start laughing and then whenever he breaks in, like he'd start doing a set and then he'd break it back out as a callback and it would just like bring the crowd to insane laughter is crazy. But yeah. So that's an insanity <laughs> that's kind of harnessed into comedy, you know?
1: That's kinda of like forcing the audience to laugh. So,
2: just tell your way. joke. They're, they're gonna laugh. It's that dedication to <laughs> Force it. Force them dedic- into it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Comic conditioning. <laughs> yeah.
1: But yeah. I don't know. I don't. I can't explain to you what makes something like that funny. I mean, if people could, then I don't know.
2: <laughs> but yeah, it, it was it was very interesting. I've seen other things kind of like that. I've seen things that don't work that are crazy. Like I did. Uh, uh, some open mics when I first moved out here at, uh, Dirty Tricks in, uh, in San Francisco in the, uh, Richmond district. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Dirty Tricks isn't around anymore, but there was this one guy who laid out, um, these tarps and he actually took a piss during his set. <laughs> he... And it was like, <laughs> what the fuck, dude? Nobody really needed to see that. Um... Yeah, I, I don't remember what his name is. I don't know if he's still doing um, stand-up and, you know, maybe... Yeah, I don't know. My friend, maybe he's hanging out with Trump pissing on him.
1: <laughs> my friend was telling me this story about how he was at, like, a rap show or something like that. And uh, this rapper dropped this line. He was all like, I ain't scared of you off, pee my pants. And dude's piss his pants on the stage, just, like, arms crossed, like a badass... <laughs> Just pissed himself. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, yo, dropped a fat rhyme. MC and Pissy Pants. So, yeah. Fat rhyme and pissed himself. And everyone lost it.
2: <laughs> Reminds me of Happy Gilmore, no, not Happy Gilmore, Billy Madison, where uh, the little kid pisses his pants and Adam Sandler sees it and he's like, he like splashes water on himself so it looks like he pisses his pants. And then they uh-huh. start making fun of the kids like, well, you ain't cool unless you pee your pants. And yeah. Then the old lady's like, "Well, pissing your pants is cool. I'm Miles Davis."
1: <laughs> and then Chris Farley's eating all the kids' lunches, yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, Farley. That was a good kind of crazy, right? Yeah, there. yeah. He was a king of physical comedy, you know. Yeah. He like, could move. He could move for a big guy. He could move pretty for, good. He was very agile for his size. He I could know, have been a right? lineman in the NFL. No. <laughs> like
1: like spry.
2: <laughs> yeah. 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 But you know that that's tragic. It's like a lot of the people who are super funny and get like end up, you know, like Chris Farley. Like Mitch Hedberg ended up like Chris Farley. Like, right, they Get right. that drug addiction, maybe to keep that high going that we were talking about from the stage. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just it's just man, I don't well, know. Well, the thing about it, it uh, sucks.
1: People like Mitch Hedberg. Mitch Hedberg was a genius for sure. But he didn't get super famous. I mean, I know he was on that '70s show uh, just before he died. But um, cult
2: classic famous.
1: I forget. I think it was Joe Rogan who was talking about like uh, Mitch Hedberg's death was huge for the alt comedy scene because for one reason or another, if he hadn't died, then we probably he said we wouldn't have such a like a huge alt comedy scene. Like somehow it was beneficial or something like that. Um, a lot of artists. Are you don't saying get Mitch famous. Hedberg's a martyr? Perhaps uh, in a way. <laughs> I mean, he wasn't killed. <laughs> I mean, he was. He died. I mean, he's
2: the he's the Jesus of the alt comedy scene. Sure, sure. Let's call him that.
1: <laughs> We're not offending people this time. <laughs> no, no,
2: no, no. We Mitch thought Hedberg last show was Jesus, offensive. Though, they may know, never know. So
1: there you go. <laughs> yes.
2: Uh, the stigmata. Um, <laughs> no, I don't know. Um, not stigmata.
1: <laughs> yeah, is he bleeding he went from on his stage hands?
2: with two holes in his hands? And <laughs> like... Yeah. I,
1: I I have a Jesus hands
2: joke. You have a Jesus hands joke?
1: I do. Yeah. It's all. Okay. It's also not that great. I mean,
2: it'll... Well, let, let's hear it. We've already oh, said okay, that Heberg right. is the Messiah. Uh,
1: I I can't believe Jesus said uh, people can't masturbate. Like, he thinks he's so high and mighty just because he doesn't need to make a fist when he does it. You know, because he's got <laughs> holes in his hands.
2: Well, you got you. I remember hearing this joke. It's 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 a bar joke, kind of a hack <laughs> joke. Or whatever. Know, whatever. Like, it, it's Jesus and Moses were fishing modern day, just on Earth in a boat running around they're like moses is like hey jesus do you ever use your old powers and stuff they're like no i haven't used those for a long time you know and it's like he's like you you try moses see if you can still do it so moses parts the lake and brings it back together and <laughs> he's like all right yeah i still got it he's like now you jesus go see if you can walk on water so jesus hops out of the boat Jumps jumps in and then bloop, 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 sinks down, comes back up. and Moses pulls him back into the boat. He's like, what happened, Jesus? He's like, man, this was a hell of a lot easier without these holes in my feet. <laughs> that's cool. I can't take credit for that one. It's, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a street a, joke. As I said, a, yeah, a little street joke, a hack bar joke. But that's what that reminded me of. So, yeah, I've, I do you have any that other one. religion jokes, any Buddha jokes, anything like that. So we can be equally offensive
1: yeah uh uh, do i have
2: (laughs) we don't we don't want people out here to get offended that we're only making fun of christianity
1: yeah i i i want to you know try not to offend a million people (laughs) but but uh if you want to get offended come out to one of my shows
2: uh is a good time to plug my shows uh, yeah, you can plug those now, and I'll uh, have you we... plug them again at the end of the show, too. But yeah, go ahead. Let people know where they can uh, see you. So where they can get offended. Uh, yeah, where they can get pissed off at the world. Yeah,
1: movie. please come to my show and don't email me and say I offended you because whatever. Uh, <laughs> uh, so on April 6th, you can catch me at Stand Up for Charity at the Queen Bean Coffee House in Sac. April 27th, I'm going to be at Bar 101 in Brookings, Oregon. And on May 16th, I'm going to be at Our Place Music Club in Livermore, you
2: know. So what can people expect going to the show? We haven't really talked about your style yet. I'm assuming it's kind of like our conversation, but uh, what kind of style of comic are you, sir? Well,
1: um, you know... I've been developing my comedy for a while now and it's starting to get pretty dark. So I'm a little worried about myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a lot of dead baby jokes. Um, it, uh, it's not a lot. I have one dead baby joke. I mean, do you want to hear it? I'm sure you've heard um, it.
2: yeah, I've, I've i I listened to your, uh, YouTube channel. Uh, but yeah, go ahead. Tell your, if you want to throw the dead baby joke out there, go for it.
1: Okay. Th- this is one of the only dead baby jokes I have. It's, uh, I have a lot of hate in my heart as a comedian. Um, we're hateful people. Uh, but one thing I hate the most is, you know those ladies who do nothing but, like, live off of child support? And, you know, they go to the club with their friends, and their friends are like, Woo! Shake your moneymaker! And then the baby dies?
2: <laughs> you gotta love a shaking baby joke. Because <laughs> you gotta be more careful
1: but, with your moneymaker. Yeah, it's a shaking exactly. baby joke. And And <laughs> if you lose that
2: one... It'll be at least nine months till you get another paycheck.
1: Right, right, right. So, ladies, don't shake it so hard. <laughs>
2: don't, don't yeah, shake. yeah. And there was one other one that you did with clever wordplay. It was uh, yeah. about uh, something you want. You'll be proud of your child no matter what uh, he or she does. Oh, but yeah. as long as they're stillborn. Yeah, that's you my know? stillborn like, joke. That that was. It's not like you're finding a pile of dead babies out of dumpster jokes. Those are kind of hacky. These actually have some wordplay involved in them, some thinking. And, you know, take a little bit of. Uh, yeah, you know, you have a to. A little un- bit of thought going into it. You have to the, unwrap the present. Getting the joke. I'm not yes. just going to give it to you. <laughs> All right. So, what do you <laughs> think made um, your comedy take the darker route? Like, take a darker tone to it?
1: Yeah, I don't. I can't. I can't tell you that. I'm not really sure. I think it's just um, what my sense of humor is. I think I might just be a dark person. You know, I'm learning more and more about myself the more I do comedy. And uh, like I said, I'm worried. (laughs) 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 I'm like, oh. That's no good. Oh, wow. I didn't know that was in me. I should should see a shrink. Um, But, yeah, you know. You're going to develop your style, and if it turns out to be not something you were expecting, because I didn't expect it to be so dark, um, then roll with it, because that's you. You know, they say find your voice as a comedian. Um, slap anybody who says that, first of all. But I kind of understand, you know, you, you develop a style over time, and you don't really have a choice in that style. So I just, you know put out what I think is funniest. And that happens to be some pretty dark shit.
2: <laughs> right on. So why do you say slap the people that say find your voice? Oh, because what like does that mean? Because what, what does that mean, find your voice? I mean, like,
1: I, 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 I can't explain, like, what that means to people. I mean, like, you get more stylized. Is that your voice? I'm not sure what they mean when people say that. So
2: Yeah, I think it's just find like what you're comfortable with on stage, find like who I heard one comedian actually explain it really well on my show. I think it was uh Corey Polster out of uh LA. He's like the object of comedy is to be the person on stage that you are, while well, you're off stage, joking around with your friends in the living room. You know, it sounds like it's a lot easier to be that person on stage than it is. Right. But, right. you know, you get on stage and you're like, oh, I got to make these people laugh. While well, you're off stage, you're kind of in the moment of what's going on and just letting things fly. That's your true personality, I think. And that's kind of if you could bring that to stage, unless you're going with a character act like Larry the Cable Guy or something like that, who I don't think is a real redneck. <laughs> but uh, Yeah, he
1: drives <laughs> around nice cars. I mean
2: <laughs> Yeah, but you know, I think that's kind of finding your voice. To be able to be the person you are in front of your friends on stage and not try to be uh, Bill Burr, Mitch Hedberg, Chris Farley, or anybody else that you emulate right. to be yourself on stage and your true version of comedy.
1: Yeah, and you will, I mean, uh, all beginning comedians
2: do that. They, they, you know,
1: have this idealized form of comedy. And, you know, I did it myself. i mean, like, I'm going to try to be Bill Burr today or something like that. And that's a good thing to a point because you want to test out uh, where you stand, uh, with like, you know, that kind of humor, uh, uh if that doesn't make sense. Um, I lost my train of thought.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's all good.
1: But, um, yeah. So you're gonna, you're naturally going to try to imitate some people you've seen and, you know, eventually if you keep doing this, you're going to start. To have your own type of a style, so I guess that's what they mean by a voice. But
2: yeah, and like with my my show here, uh, my podcast, like I have some people who like are influences on my interview style. Like mm-hmm. I, I like listening to Nerdus with Chris Hardwick and mm-hmm. uh, WTF with Mark Maron because I think they're very very good at the conversational style of interview, right? And that's what I like. I don't want to be like, okay, my next question is, um, what was it like when you were a... Attacked By a bear or like, you know, something completely scripted and that one might be interesting. Actually, if I got but, attacked by a bear um,
1: and you didn't ask that question, I'd be like, what the fuck, bro? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Dude, I was attacked by a Dude, bear. Don't you want I to talk about that?
1: A bear and I'm here on your radio show. Ask me about it.
2: <laughs> sure, I got a limp. Yeah, sure. I yeah, got a limp I, and half a face. I wrestled that bear yeah. with my bear hands. Yeah. And, but now yeah, yeah. I have a big old bear blanket. <laughs> but no, it's like, I, I don't want to ask, like, the questions, like, what was it like working with that person over and over? The same questions people get asked all the time. Right, yeah. You know, like, when, okay, so when you're telling a joke, if they don't laugh, how does that feel? Or I, I can't even think of, like, those the questions, like, that are just looking for the sound bite that's, like, on, like, uh, Access Hollywood or... um. Some other some other one of one of those shows where they're just interviewing people about the movie and like what was it like being on set and stuff like that without at least without anything interesting to follow that up with you know
1: if I started getting peppered with questions like that I would just be like it sucked it was all stupid
2: it's just be the most yeah. laissez faire yeah. like ah <laughs> whatever kind of like kind of like Marshawn Lynch answering questions when he was forced to in the like after, after a game, he gave one-word answers, the same answer every time. He's like, "Yep, yep, yep, <laughs> yep. yep, yep." So well, or no comment. He just said no comment over and over again. No comment. No comment. No comment. No comment. I'm just out here because I have to be. No comment. Uh, but Perfect. yeah, I don't want to do that. I want to, you know, ask questions off of what you respond to my initial question or or. And if you just have all the set questions, I may have some bullet points that I use uh, just in case we get stuck or there's like a lull in the conversation. I can refer to those bullet points, but I really want to be able to just have this flow like a conversation. Right,
1: right. You want to find your voice as a podcaster or a radio show. What, What exactly do you guys call yourselves?
2: I guess a podcaster here. I used to be a DJ on a radio station. I worked at a rock station in uh, Cedar Rapids, Iowa, 941KRNA, uh, right. for the listeners back in the Midwest. Um, but it was a lot different. I did some interviews. I did a few interviews, but it was more like, "All right, coming up next, yeah, another 45 minutes of nonstop real rock." This is Static dropping rocks on you from the skybox. From the skybox,
1: yeah, you got it down. Yeah, you know, you got a little bit more. more
2: (laughs) I didn't want to do like the overannouncery voice, but I I thought at that time, whether you know it was true or not, it seemed like if I talked in my normal voice. I just sounded like I was stoned out of my mind.
1: <laughs> just sound but, like you're bored all the time on the radio. If I was
2: like, all right, coming up next, we have a uh, song by Stone Temple Pilots, Slipknot, and Mudvayne. And, and uh, you're listening yeah, to you NPR. Should, <laughs> yeah, you should, you should listen to these songs because they're, they're good. All right, more music on the way. It wouldn't be as good as like you know. Coming up next, we have another forty-five minutes inside that inside that rock block. We have Mudvayne, uh, STP, and uh, and some I don't know. Got to throw in some Led Zeppelin for you, or something like that, or like or make fun of a band because I didn't like them. uh, Did you? uh, They cried a lot.
1: Did you have uh, one of those soundboards with all the uh, goofy noises on it? You know, I did not do uh, that. I wasn't like Hong
2: Kong, yeah,
1: you know, like, stuff like that.
2: You know, yeah, no, that's that's like morning show stuff. Yeah, uh, for the most part, but no, I didn't have. Like, Makes me the want to put a bullet in my <laughs> hockey. like, oh man, what? Oh, it's uh, Parks and Rec where they have like the morning show host that's kind of like the douche, the douche. Whatever, like that. <laughs> Yeah, he's like called himself, like, oh, you're on the phone, you're on with the douche, or something like that. And uh, some, you know, I, I didn't want to do that or be like, all right, coming up next, you got Morak on the way type thing. You know, I didn't, it's not, it's not my style. I wanted to sound energetic, but here, my goal is to kind of just sound conversational get that announcery out of my announcery stuff out of my voice.
1: Can you say douche on the radio? Is that a bad word? I, I'm
2: confused. Like I'm, <laughs> you know, the only words that I really stayed away from were shit, fuck, asshole, together, and uh, I think goddamn it. You can say god, you can say damn it, and you can say ass, and you can say hole, but you can't say both of those together for some reason. I
1: wonder if there's like some sort of context you can say that. Like you're uh, like talking about the Oroville Dam, and you're like, "God damn it!"
2: (laughs) Maybe, maybe. Is that stupid pun gonna
1: fly? And if you
2: say if you say "dick," if you're like, "Oh, he's being a dick," (laughs) it's you know, borderline. They can like, you know, that's a dick move or whatever. Borderline. FCC is crazy. Yeah, and obviously you couldn't say, like, cunt or anything like that on on the radio. But you could say, like, damn, uh, damn it, like, crap. Uh, you could say, like, the PG, like... Yeah, PG-13. PG-13. So... Yeah, that's, uh... You could say, like, hell. Those are a lot of things that you couldn't say before. You can even, like, a lot of the seven words George Carlin had that you can't say on TV, probably about half of those now you can like because he had tits you couldn't say tits uh on the radio back in the day a tit is a bird that's the type of bird it is yeah or as george carlin said tits sounds like a snack how about some nice cheese tits
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> sounds delicious I, i'm, I'm does, glad you does. brought
1: up the word cunt because uh, that is the first word i said on stage um when I bombed, <laughs> that's, that's all I had when I went on stage. I was like, I'm just going to say cut into the microphone, see what happens. And Was that your whole set? That was not my whole set. I, I went on about, oh, I can't even think about it. I mean, I can't even remember it. But, you know, to be honest, that was not my first set. That was my first set as an adult. The first okay. actual five minutes I did, I was in the fifth grade. And uh, they were doing some sort of talent show, and I was just like, I'm going to tell some jokes. And I went up and I told, like, five minutes about my dog. I can't remember it right now, but I did get some laughs. So that was pretty cool. <laughs> right on. <laughs>
2: yeah. Cool, man, cool. And, you know, thinking about it, my I had a string of cuss words as my opening um, for my first stand-up show. I was like, okay, I... um. Got to get something out of the way real quick since the FCC isn't uh, regulating this, and so I was just like, "Shit, fuck, damn, come bit," and so just like let a bun- like a long string of cuss words out. I was like, "All right, that would have been like a two million dollar fine." All right. <laughs> yeah, man, don't they? <laughs> Good to get that. Don't they charge chest. like ten
1: grand for like a slip up like that?
2: It's, it's ridiculous. You may get a warning for something depending on what it is. And luckily, I never heard from the FCC because I had a switch that I could turn on in my head where it's like, okay, I can't afford a million-dollar fine. Right. I'm not Howard Stern. So, yeah, it's ridiculous on how much they can charge you. But, you know. So, in your two-and-a-half to two-and-three-quarter years of uh, stand-up comedy, John... Uh, What have you learned that you could pass on as advice to somebody just getting started out or looking to take another step in their stand-up career?
1: Um, Well, if you want to do stand-up and you haven't done it yet, uh, you should probably try to work up five minutes. Not like I did. I just walked on stage. (laughs) Uh, you should probably work up five minutes, uh, but not more than that. Don't go crazy writing a billion different jokes because you're just going to get lost. So just write, you know, it doesn't have to be a type five. You can do three minutes, you know, no one cares. It's an open mic. So as long as you get on stage, that's the important part. You know, you just have to keep getting on stage because you will bomb. You will do bad, you know, the first I don't know. Depending on who you are, it could be years before you get a good set in. <laughs> but <laughs> but um, persistence is important. If you're if you're looking to uh, upgrade your career, like you've been doing stand up for a while, and you think you're good enough to start doing road gigs, I would recommend uh, first of all taping one of your sets, and then you know set up a YouTube channel or put it on Facebook or something like that. Then try to just email people. Try to email different clubs, casinos, restaurants, and stuff like that. Just throw it out there. You know, the worst thing they can say is no. So yeah, yeah, but but uh, yeah.
2: So networking with uh, comedians too to um, get into shows and right. do. You, I'd record more than one show too. Uh, maybe like put it yeah. together in a month. Yeah. Would you put it together in like a, like a highlight uh, clip type thing? Yeah. Or would you just do like a pick a show that you like?
1: Yeah, you could do, you could do the highlight reel. Um, I have one of those on my YouTube page. Uh, by the way, look me up on YouTube. It's John Porter, comedian, um, Reno, Sacramento. It should pop up pretty quick. Um, but you could do uh, a highlight reel, or I've just put a bunch of my sets up, you know, and, you know, when you tape a set, it's kind of like trying to catch lightning in a bottle. So you just keep doing it, and eventually you're going to get a good enough set to want to send out to people. Uh, But also it's, um, you know, networking with uh, other comics. You know, if you haven't done comedy, you're looking at getting into it. Uh, It's a very social group. And we all hire each other to go shows out of town. So uh, it's a lot of politics. Um, so just try to be nice to people. You don't know who's going to be funny or not. So there you go.
2: Right on. Right on. And uh, what do you do to promote yourself, I guess, either to other comics or, or fans, um, potential fans?
1: Usually to promote myself, uh, social media is a big part of it. Uh, even though I hate social media, I mean, I don't really use my Twitter handle. Uh, I can't even tell you what it is right now. Um, but, (laughs) but, uh, posting like that you're going to open mics on, uh, like Facebook or something like that. Just keep doing that because the bookers are going to see it and they're going to see you're working out your material. And, uh, you know, every little bit helps when you're trying to get some exposure. So I do these, uh, podcasts with you, Aaron. Uh, you know, I did another one uh, last week in San Francisco radio. Haha. Ha. Um, okay. Yeah, and uh, you. So I'm not the only podcast. You do? are not the only podcast I do. I mean, you, man, I, I feel I cheated. Mean, you on. Are you are my only, <laughs> my one and only.
2: you my. Thank you for making you're me my feel girl.
1: special, John. <laughs> you my bottom. Okay, now that's taking it too far. <laughs>
2: that's taking it too far. Right. That's taking it all all right, too right, far. I know, Re- Re- I know I'm in the Bay Area. I know I'm in the Bay Area. Real Wind it back. Wind it okay, back. Okay,
1: okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, you know, comedy's fun. Go out and have fun. You know, you'll get it. You'll get places. If you enjoy doing comedy truly, there's no one that's going to stop you.
2: All right, perfect. And, uh... What do you want the people that come see you in the audience to take away from your show? What do you want them to remember? Um, well,
1: see, it's tough because I, I go on stage for me, typically. If a, an audience doesn't have a great time, then uh, that's the audience's problem. <laughs> I, really, <laughs> I really enjoy uh, my work and, you know, Whatever, if you don't, but what I want them to take away besides laughs is probably don't uh don't take yourself so seriously. I have a lot of dark jokes. uh, some of them come off as offensive, but they are jokes, so relax. You know, people get too offended these days at the drop of the hat, and you know, I think it's kind of like a fashionable thing to get offended over something that has nothing to do with you to make it look like you care about something that affects you very little. But these are just jokes. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) But these are just jokes. And, you know... They are.
2: You have to laugh. And I think (laughs) it's important to joke about things that are somewhat sensitive... Absolutely. ...in ways, because it helps you know, maybe even soften the blow of them. Like if you are joking about something that's socially unacceptable and doing it in not a hateful way, but a funny way, you know, there, there is a difference if you're like, you know, just pretty, pretty much preaching hate or taking that situation and trying to make it funny. There is a big difference, but if you can make that situation funny and make people laugh at it, it makes it seem like a smaller issue. Right.
1: Um, yeah, trivializes it almost. And not to say these are trivial issues, but like, you, uh, these are, they're jokes.
0: <laughs> yeah. They're
1: jokes, people. Just, you know, have a good time. I, Todd, I don't have like, you know, when I tell a joke, it feels, if it doesn't go over well, I don't want it to feel like a rally or anything like that. I'm I'm there to make people laugh. I'm not here for political opinions and such. A lot of people extend their political opinions on stage. I don't think that's, uh, I don't know. I don't think it's wrong, but it's just not really my style.
2: You know? All right, all right. <clears throat> Leave that to the political quote-unquote experts.
1: Yeah, yeah, the satirists and like, stuff.
2: Yeah, yeah, I don't feel like I know enough about politics. I know some, you know, I'm somewhat educated, say informed a little bit, but to really go out there and speak intelligently about the issues and make intelligent jokes off of it, that's a little bit past where I am. Right,
1: right. If that's your bag, then rock and roll, man.
2: But Yeah, yeah. So you say you go on stage for you. What does that mean? Um, well, you see... A
1: lot of comedians, uh, they, you know, oftentimes have, like, addiction issues or something like that. They're, they're adrenaline junkies is what they are. They go on stage. because the, They get a rush off of the audience. Even when you bomb, you have a huge rush of adrenaline. And so that's what keeps you coming back. It's It's an addiction, and it's fun, you know. Not as harmful as some addictions, you
2: know, so... No, no, actually pretty harmless compared to a lot of addictions, so the stage addiction is not a bad one.
1: Yeah, yeah, so I do it for me. I want to get out on stage, and I want to make people laugh,
2: you know, but if
1: the audience doesn't laugh, I'm sorry, (laughs) I'm sorry. Usually usually that's not the case. Usually that's not the case. So
2: yeah yeah so you know, hopefully, hopefully you all have a good time, but uh, you'll have to go uh, check out John, but make sure if you're easily offended, you might not want to go unless you want to add or no nah, I, I won't say unless you want to go heckle because that's just a jackass thing to do. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come on <laughs> go out and heckle John. no don't, don't go don't out do and that. heckle me, guys, or do what you want. I'm Cause... not the boss to you. <laughs> I'm sorry, that that is that is a dick move. Um <laughs> But yeah, please don't have me. <laughs> yeah, or yeah, there are repercussions. There there are repercussions to heckling though. So, you know, dealing with a comic that deals with hecklers and stuff like that is you know, you're out of your league a lot of the times when you try to heckle a comic. Yeah. Uh, if you
1: heckle me you won't be ignored. I mean, like I'm gonna address it. I'm gonna be like
2: I might not think of anything clever,
1: but I'll say shut the fuck up.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, how how do you deal with hecklers since, well, since I su- was a jackass and brought up hecklers?
1: It's such a unique uh, case-to-case basis. Uh, usually you try to come back with something witty enough to get a laugh, and that usually quiets them down, and then you can continue with your material. But if they're just being an asshole, um, you know, sometimes they just have to get rejected,
2: you know it's dealing with a heckler is not so tough because most of the time they are like you said are like inebriated and aren't quite thinking like clearly and just a lot of times want to be part of the show yeah but people didn't pay to see them uh just saying that right hecklers don't add to the show really no no a lot of times they take away from it yeah uh I have one more question for you before we uh, wrap up the show today. But first, I want you to let the people know one more time where they can see you, um, where they can find you on the World Wide Web, and all that good stuff. Let me
1: just get my paper and crinkle it up real good. Got my paper right here. Okay.
2: I like the sound effects. Sound effects. effects. Because I
1: don't have a board. So uh, so yeah. Um, so on April 6th, you can find me at uh, the stand-up for charity show at Queen Bean Coffee House in Sacramento. Uh, April 27th at Bar 101, Brookings, Oregon. Come find me there. Uh, and on May 16th, I'm going to be at Our Place Music Club in Livermore, California.
2: All right. Perfect. Okay, I got. The title question coming your way. Hit me. Uh, I asked this of all my guests. Uh, the show being titled Uncontained. John Porter, how do you live uncontained?
1: If you really truly want to do comedy, there's no one out there that's capable of stopping you. People will say you're never going to make it, uh, or you suck, or whatever. You know, those are just haters. You know, ignore them. Uh, you're going to get a lot of those people, but you know, if you really do truly do comedy for yourself, uh, you, you know, you can't be stopped.
2: All right. Couldn't have said it better myself. Thank you for joining me on the show today, even though we yeah, had thanks for having it me. twice, but I had a good time. <laughs> no problem. Thanks for, <laughs> good thanks for sticking around for both recordings. I, I think the second one turned out pretty well. And I have one more thing that I had my guests do on the show and that is sign off the show. John, will you do me the honor
0: of signing off the show today?
1: All right. Hi, I'm John Porter, and I live uncontained.
0: And that wraps up another show of uncontained. Thank you for listening, and thank you to John Porter for coming on and talking to me. Just to let you know, uh, one of the show dates in the show where he said was April 27th, well, that date is is actually it's in the show notes it's april 17th the change is noted there for more show dates and upcoming shows you can always get a hold of john on his facebook page message him and he'll let you know where he's gonna be and while you're cyber stalking people on facebook you can always check out Uncontained on Facebook as well. Um, I'm looking to break the 300 mark in followers this week, so maybe you will be the 300th follower of Uncontained. And you know we'll just get bigger and bigger from there thank you for listening thank you for supporting the show getting to itunes stitcher uh whatever pod player you listen to the show in rating reviewing subscribing and most importantly sharing because word of mouth is very powerful in spreading the show and very appreciated so thank you and until next time live uncontained